Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Oh my goodness, crisis averted. We have raised the debt ceiling, lifted the debt ceiling. The Senate's, well, let me pause. The Senate has voted to, to raise, to lift the debt ceiling by $480 billion with a B. That gets us through, what's that get us through? Early, early December, I think is what it is. Think about that. Between now, yeah, it's enough to fund the government, Fox Business says, through at least early December. (laughs) Oh, now it's time to worry about COVID, which, again, I don't want anyone to misconstrue what I'm about to say. I'm not saying that COVID was made up. I'm not saying that it was um, something that wasn't real. I am saying that it's been used to manipulate people, to scare the living daylights out of people. It's been used to give uh, authority, additional authority, to, I shouldn't say give it. It's been used as a tool to take additional authority. Some of these executives, governors of states, the state we're in right now, this is our last night in beautiful, absolutely stunningly beautiful northern New Mexico, Red River is actually where we, where we've been the past. I think this is the, I think it's it's three nights. But anyway, stunning. Saw the, uh, I mean the stars out here at night, uh, and these these dark skies are absolutely brilliant and beautiful. But governor here, um, you know, makes sure that everyone wears masks still, regardless of your vaccination status. Biden, oh gosh, this guy, Joseph R. Biden, he's out there talking about, you know, we, we've we've gotten past the crisis. It looks like, I mean, this is this debt ceiling uh, legislation is now headed to the headed to the Senate. So now, or I'm sorry, to the House of Representatives. So presumably, it's going to pass. Democrats have enough votes there. There is no such thing as a a filibuster there. Nancy Pelosi doesn't have to negotiate with Kevin McCarthy or any of the House Republicans. They can truly force Republicans to get out of the way, as Biden says there. Anyway, um, Biden was speaking yesterday about the vaccinated and the unvaccinated and all sorts of things about this, um, you know, just with with COVID and now he's blaming uh, economic problems on the unvaccinated. Incidentally, do you ever stop and think the Democrats are telling us they're expecting the economy to turn south, right? I mean, everywhere we look, at first it was, if we don't raise the debt ceiling, there's going to be a major recession. Now they've raised that. Now now we've got Biden, who, by the way, made literally no sense. I want to play this first. (laughs) He was in Illinois. He didn't know where he was. He literally... Had no idea where he was. He was telling people where he was from, 
which of course is Scranton, PA, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Then of course he moved to Delaware, took the train every day to DC. Just one of the average everyday guys, run of the mill, just normal, just, you know, drinks beer and, you know, works with his hands and just a normal everyday guy, right? Just uh, riding the train in, of course, being a public servant. <clears throat> I get so sick of that term being used by politicians. They enrich themselves <clears throat> while in office. They are not public service servants. They are many times a public menace, if I might be quite candid. Anyhow, Biden um, tells us he's a public servant, serving us for half a century now. Half a century of course, nothing that's wrong with our government can be blamed on him. It's all Trump's fault, the guy that showed up out of nowhere and served for four years. He's the one that's the danger, the menace to society. Um, but Biden yesterday, this – folks, if you, if you listen to this and you really think that this guy is all there I, – I, again, I take no pleasure in this, but he is not all there mentally. He just, he just isn't. There are major problems here. There are red flags left and right. If Trump were acting like this, we would have implemented the 25th Amendment by now. I mean, this is this is problematic. And I know, look, I talk for a living. I talk a lot. Some of you might say too much. But I understand sometimes what I say. The other day I, I said An Andrew Wang instead of Andrew Yang. And I knew it was Andrew Yang. I just got caught up and was trying to hurry to get something in before the end of the show. And Oz looked at me and said, um, isn't it Andrew Yang? And I said, you, yeah. She said, well, you said Wang. And I said, hmm, I think you're right. So I understand misspeaking, but this is not anything remotely close to misspeaking. This guy can't put together a sentence. This guy can't, can't stop, take a deep breath and get himself back on track. He has no idea what he's talking about. Just listen to how he begins, how he begins uh, his speech. This is actually when Fox joined it in progress yesterday. Just listen to all this fumbling and bumbling from the guy that was supposed to save the presidency, save the United States of America from Donald J. Trump. Listen to this. Speaking in Illinois right now. And the Ohio, Pennsylvania, the Ohio, Pennsylvania, I'm from Pennsylvania. The, uh, the, uh, the Illinois president uh, of the, uh, Don Harmon, State Senator Laura Murphy, State Rep uh, um, Martin Mo uh, Mo Moylan, and uh, we got great labor leaders here too. Tim, where's Tim? There you go, Tim, thank you. Thank you, pal. AFL-CIO state president. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Isaacson, United Brothers of Carpenters. And uh, Don Finn, IBW. Uh, and, uh, and Robert Reiter, Reiter, R-E-I-T-E-R, Reiter, Chicago Federation Spelling of Labor. Spelling it for us. And folks, uh, that's how we beat COVID-19. All right, we're going to continue monitoring this here. we got some the details of no. What the world is this guy talking about? It's good to be here, Ohio, Pennsylvania. I'm from Pennsylvania, Illinois, making up words. What in the world is this? This is the guy that's supposed to be supposed to be leading us out of this crisis of, of COVID, this crisis of, well, we just got through the crisis of not raising the debt ceiling, supposedly, so they can go spend more money. There you go. How do you get out of a 
of a massive debt crisis, you put yourself into more debt, right? I mean, that's everybody knows that. At least that's what they want us to believe. So Biden said some, as usual, not just fumbling and bumbling things yesterday, but some flat-out ridiculous and, um, dare I say, well, I stupid things yesterday. Here's here's another. This is actually I've pulled a couple of sound bites here from um, the Post Millennial, and if Post Millennial is a good site to go to, they've got some good things here. Anyway. That's what Biden's thoughts are about COVID-19 and in specific, or specifically, I should say, the vaccine. Now, he's standing in front of a screen that says vaccines.gov. The government's going to come in and save us with these vaccines. And yes, I want to talk about Project Veritas in a little bit. And yes, I want to talk about Pfizer now requesting to use, um, to be able to give their vaccine to what is it it's five or six to 11 year olds now talk about all that but i want to start here with biden here's biden's thoughts on vaccination coverage and the american economy got a kick out of fox news so i gotta cue this one back up this is one this is one i I thought it was the next i'm I'm one ahead of myself here but this (laughs) Just listen to how stupid this is. So he's up there trying to talk about how everyone should get the vaccine and that this is a crisis, a crisis of the unvaccinated, as he says, an epidemic, a pandemic, whatever they say now. And so he p- picks on Fox News here because Fox News even forces its own employees to get vaccinated. But it's a peculiar way to say it, in my opinion. He should be if he wants people to follow the example of Fox News, he probably shouldn't be mocking Fox News. But again, it's Joseph Biden. Here he is explaining, uh, I guess you could say mocking, Fox News' position on vaccines. Even this I always get a kick out of. It's a kick out of it. Fox News. Fox News. Fox News requires vaccinations for all employees. Give me a break. Fox News. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not supporting forced vaccinations by employers, but that is a different thing than the federal government forcing it, which is what this guy, this guy wants to do. Why does he get a kick out of it? Shouldn't he shouldn't he be encouraging people to follow their example if it's the right thing to do, if it's the moral thing to do? Um, It seems to me that that is exactly what um, you would want somebody to do but of course but of course that isn't what he's going to do this is everything is politics for the left right everything is about posturing and positioning and it's better for the left like biden to get the low blow in on fox news than it is to actually um use it to i mean if he really thinks it's a good thing that fox news is requiring vaccinations then Use it to, to try to persuade. That's not how you persuade, by the way. You don't mock. <laughs> you don't mock somebody uh, that you're trying to persuade. Anyway, this is the one I really wanted to get to. I'm sorry I get those out of out of order. This is Biden saying just how dangerous the unvaccinated are. Did you know not only are you putting, if you're unvaccinated, according to Biden, and of course science. Biden is on the side of science. It's the only 
only way we can look at Democrats. They are pro-science. They are never wrong factually. They always follow the truth wherever it leads. <laughs> at, least, at least that's what they want us to believe. What I think they want to do is lead us to the position where they take more of our money, more of our liberty, and empower themselves more. That's what I uh, see when I look at the uh, landscape from a, well, using the scientific method, testing my hypothesis. That is what the result I get each and every time, meaning that I can say with scientific certainty that the Democrats use any and every opportunity available to them, whether it is, I mean, take your pick, whether it's uh, fear from COVID, whether it is uh, defunding the police and that that mantra, that slogan, whether it's making sure the rich, uh, rich pay their, quote, fair share in taxes, whatever it is, they'll use it to their political advantage, which is to, of course, empower themselves, take more of what you earn, take more of what everybody earns individually, making people less free more reliant upon the government ultimately empowering these jokers. So here he is, not not just saying that you're if you're not vaccinated, that you're putting people at risk from a health perspective, which is what they've been saying for a long time, which of course has led people to say, well, doesn't your vaccine work? If it works, then how am I infecting you? Well, you're causing the virus to mutate. Well, isn't it true that maybe the vaccine, people who are vaccinated, um, who catch the virus, it might be mutating against around the vaccine anyway. How am I responsible for everybody else? But this is the storyline. They're sticking to this. They're not budging one bit. They're not They're not moving. They're not capitulating. They're not seeding one tiny millimeter in this argument. Now they're actually upping the ante. Biden says, if you're not vaccinated, you're actually hurting the economy now. Did you know that? Hurting the economy. Here he is. We keep our eye on the ball here. We still have a long way to go. The fact is, this has been a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Uh, unvaccinated. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals, overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units. The unvaccinated patients are, are leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or in need of a what? cancer operation, and so much more because this they can't get one into the ICU, time? they can't get into the operating rooms. The unvaccinated also put our economy at risk mm-hmm. because people are reluctant to go out. Think about this. This is unbelievable. Even in places where there is no restriction on going to restaurants and gyms and movie theaters, mm-hmm. people are not going. And anywhere near the numbers because they're worried they're going to get sick. I mean, there's so much wrong with this. I mean, so much wrong with this. Number one, number one, is there an example? I've not seen, and maybe there is somewhere. Um, but I've not seen emergency rooms at – there's always uh, – I've seen 15% um, vacancies, I guess you would say, or you know, before they hit their limit, which, of course, other steps can be taken to expand. I mean, as we did, there were drastic steps taken for New York. They never hit the, the limit, which is good, right? He's saying that apparently there's all these unvaccinated people with COVID going to the hospital that are keeping people from getting – uh, treated for heart attacks. Now, pause and go back in your memory. Who, wh- which, which politicians actually made this a thing? How many people were not able to get any medical treatment whatsoever because the government forced all these closures and shutdowns? I mean, who, and who were the people calling the shots on this? 
they were either they were mostly Democrats, and there were some, um, what I want to say, country club Republicans, some liberal or moderate Republicans. It wasn't the conservatives that caused this. And, and you're going to talk about the economy. Who, if people are scared to go out, why are they scared to go out? Because of the fear-mongering that is going on. I, it's almost like, look, I, I am not minimizing COVID. I am not saying that it's, I'm not making any of these claims that some people make that it's fake, whatever. I think that there are things with the numbers we're being told that are highly suspect and questionable, um, given what I've I've seen how certain COVID deaths have been counted and so forth. But I'm, obviously COVID is – I'm not su- suggesting it's not a real thing. I'm not suggesting we shouldn't take measures to protect the ourselves or the spread of COVID. I'm not saying any of that stuff. What I am saying – what I am saying is that this has been magnified. I mean people think that you can catch COVID simply by going outside. I pass people on the road – um, I've passed them out here. I've passed them back home in Indiana, driving in the car by themselves with their masks on. Um, I've seen people, again, I, who are terrified, who are terrified to go out. But it's not, it's not because of any. They're over. They're they're being scared because they listen to a media or they listen to politicians that this is all that they talk about. And I didn't play it yesterday just because of time. But Rashida Tlaib, a member of the squad, Rashida Tlaib, she actually said, it's on video, the reason she was wearing her mask was because she had a Republican who was filming everything she did. And she wanted to make sure that he didn't, I guess, have a video of her not wearing her mask. But it turns out that instead he has something even potentially better and juicier, which is her saying that it's all for show to begin with, how many times have we seen? I've seen a video of, uh, I never talk about the royal family, but Harry and what is it, Meghan Markle? They were walking out to some conference the other day without their masks. And before they went out on the stage, they all made sure they put their masks on and walked out as a group. I mean, it's it's all theatrics. And, and it, this has scared the living daylights out of people. And who harmed the economy by shutting everything down? I mean, this is... To, to blame the unvaccinated, to, to blame the unvaccinated, it, to me, is, is unconscionable here. It doesn't make sense. It's not scientific. Um, it, it's actually the people who are probably not living in fear. Right? Whether they should get the vaccine or not, their decision, but they're not living in fear every day. They're probably the ones that are going out and keeping the economy moving forward, ignoring what the Biden administration is saying and recommending and telling us to be afraid of next. But that's the bottom line to me, uh, for me today, which is now that we don't have to worry about the government shutting down and holding our breath and crossing our fingers, making sure we don't default on our debt, now we can put that fear aside. And lo and behold, Biden's out there today talking about COVID and how we should now Again, be afraid of the pandemic of the unvaccinated. It never ends. And once there's fewer people who don't, you know, COVID is, the, the, the curve continues to come downward. Hopefully it continues to do that. Once it's down low enough, they'll find something else for us to be scared about. Gun violence or Trump or something. Who knows? They've got plenty of things to 
get us scared about so that they can push their radical agenda. Quick timeout is in order. Really bit, really long in this segment. Oz has given up telling me to take a break. I can't say I blame her. Quick timeout. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, program brought to you by our friends at Killadent, Killadent Removal. Sid and his team of professional uh, dent removal professionals can take hail damage or take dings in a parking lot or even dents that are a little bit bigger than you might realize, and they can pull the dent out. It's really an art. I've watched he. Uh, his team pulled the dents out of vehicles. They actually, I worked on mine and took a dent out as well around the front of the front fender. And it looks like new when it's done. It's quicker than taking it to the shop, so you can get it back more quickly. Usually saves you a little bit of money. Check them out. Kill a dent removal. Kill a dent removal is uh, Sid and his team. And be sure to tell them that you heard about him on the. Todd Huff show. Killadentremoval.com is the website as well. So let's talk about what we found out from Project Veritas. Project Veritas never ceases to amaze me. Project Veritas is constant. You know, we know that we're dealing with corrupt individuals. We know that we're dealing uh, with deceit and, again, corruption um, just some really bad actors on a lot of different levels in a lot of different places. They have exposed a ton of people from Facebook to Google to now Pfizer. I, I mean, it's, the, the list goes on. It It's almost any name that you could pick, um, at least in the realm of you know new media, social media giants, the, the newsmakers, People that are involved with the the vaccine, Johnson and Johnson. I mean, they've exposed people everywhere. Now they've exposed. Now they've exposed a. Um, well, there was a whistleblower at at Pfizer, and she's come forward, and it's a twenty minute or so video that they've uh, Project Veritas and James O'Keefe have recently released. But it's worth watching just to see. Um, the allegations and basically the big, the latest big bombshell, which there's bombshell after bombshell with the way that, um, some of this information is, is released. And this time it's just, it's with Pfizer. The bombshell was they have used human embryo cells in their vaccines, at least in the testing. And they tried to hide that from the public and the whistleblower there has gotten the emails. She said she thought she was doing a Google search, but was actually um, doing a search on the internal database at Pfizer. She works in Kansas, the McPherson, I think that's what it is, uh, plant. Anyway, she says, I come across this, you know, these emails basically saying, let's not let the American public know that we have used um, 
human embryos, uh, human embryo cells in our vaccines. And, and this is, I guess you would say, ironic to say the least. Um, on the basically the same exact time that Pfizer is lobbying the government for approval to use the vaccine on five to 11 year olds. Now, why does this matter? Well, it matters for many reasons. And as I look at the clock, as I look at the clock, um, I think I'm going to have to do this after the break. But it matters for a couple of reasons. To have some folks may hear that and think, what's the big deal? Other people may hear that and think, gee whiz. Now, it doesn't appear, I'm trying to be fair here, right? I'm, I'm trying to be fair as to what it appears she's found. And these are her allegations. This is, these are the emails that she's released to Project uh, Veritas. So it only, it, it references trials uh, that human embryos, uh, human embryo cells were used in the, in the trial process or in the research process or something. It doesn't, you don't see an outright admission uh, or, or uh, statement that they've been used in all the vaccines. I, I don't know that. Some people believe that that is absolutely the case. Other, people's have, other people have questions about it. I'm just trying to be fair. But what I do know from the emails is that they are looking to keep this information from the public. And now, of course, the lid's blown off of that because of Project Veritas and the whistleblower there. So we'll talk about that after the break. Sit tight. Listen to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So let's say, let's say that Pfizer, let's say that Pfizer actually, um, they they appear to admit in this email uh, sequence that the whistleblower has discovered, she said almost by accident, by searching the Pfizer database instead of being on the World Wide Web <laughs> via Google, and she said she finds these emails and it's, it's higher ups. I mean, this is the vice president and I mean, some, some higher ups in the company that are talking about messaging and, and how to not talk about this in the public. So <clears throat> it, again, it doesn't remain clear, at least from the emails that I've seen. Now, maybe there are, maybe they are out there, but they at least were using uh, human embryonic cells in some phase for some of the testing or processing of the vaccine. Now, why does this matter? Why does it matter, right? Um, well, number one, um, it's for people who are pro-life. This can this is a very atrocious thing to to think about. I mean, we've got human embryos, or excuse me, uh, cells from human embryos that are being used in vaccines that are being injected. Almost, you can make the case by force now, right? I mean, we're not technically there but there's a huge amount of pressure a huge amount of coercion to say the least to get the vaccine and for people who are pro-life they weren't they weren't informed of this right they weren't informed of this this wasn't something that was stated they weren't given the option um, to understand what was in this vaccine potentially potentially based upon what we've, we've discovered at this point project veritas is uh, shared with the rest of the world at this point about 
the Pfizer vaccine. And so you could make a very legitimate case that there should be a religious exemption for many people who are pro-life, who believe that life begins at conception, as I do. And now you're being almost forced, perhaps even forced by your employer. Of course, some radicals on MSNBC would say, you don't have to, that's not really force. You can quit your job. You can homeschool. You can stay at home all the time. <laughs> One of the idiots on there actually said that. As though that's a real choice. You're not really being forced. It's just that you have to change your entire life. Now, we homeschool. I got no problem with homeschooling. I have no no problem with people quitting their jobs and saying, enough of this nonsense. I'm not playing this game anymore. But it's not it's very difficult and impractical for a lot of people. In fact, I know people that have been that I would say their hand was forced. They very, very strongly manipulated and coerced into having the vaccine. But anyhow, so they're limiting religious exemptions to the vaccine. And they are, the Biden administration even has said that they are monitoring closely these religious exemptions. We don't want people taking advantage of this. And don't think that this won't be used in the future as well, folks, right? I mean, if if you took the vaccine unknowingly, took the Pfizer vaccine, and let's say it did, it does end up having, I'm not making the, the claim because I don't know. I want to be clear on that. But based upon what the emails say, it seems at least possible that that is, that is the case, could be the case. So let's say we find out that uh, human cells, human embryo cells from, uh, you know, that, that they were tested, right, from aborted fetuses. So now, if you've had that injected into your body, you may in the future no longer be able to claim a religious exemption because you object to that uh, to that form of research being conducted. That sort you, you you object to abortion or unborn children being used in that in that capacity. You might have potentially, you know how this works, um, given yourself no future way to object to that when they want to force something else on us, which is probably going to be what the, the fifth booster shot or the 25th booster shot or COVID 26 or whatever could be next here, which again, I'm not saying COVID 19 is not real. I'm just saying when they've got something that they can use that's motivating people to act out of fear and to give up their liberties and their freedoms and their money and just say, please help me government. This is this is something that they don't like to let go of. They just they just don't. They like the power. They like the control. They like to be able to have a set of rules for themselves, which is basically do whatever they want, and then for the rest of us to be forced to comply to all sorts of whims, dictates, mandates, and the rest. Quick timeout. Great work, by the way, by Project Veritas. Quick timeout. Back here in just a minute. <laughs> Yesterday, yesterday I concluded the program by um, talking about the National School Board Association, School Boards Association, request for federal assistance to stop threats 
and acts of violence. I'm, I'm reading here from their press release or whatever this is against public education leaders. And I just referenced it at the very end of the program. And so there was a fact check. <laughs> there was a fact check done on this, which is by the Associated Press. And so people were saying, hey, the National School Boards Association is claiming that people who uh, basically protest or are upset at their local school boards, they're being called domestic terrorists by the National School Boards Association. So the AP, good old AP, coming out, or came out, this was, uh, this was two days ago, and they tweeted this. They fact-checked this, and it says this. Contrary to false claims circulating online, the National School Boards Association didn't ask President Joe Biden to label protesting parents domestic terror. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even. I'm just picturing, I'm picturing the people that I know that have gone to these school board meetings who oftentimes aren't even speaking. Sometimes they don't know what to do. This is a new form for them. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. But they're not happy about, in the case in the case that I'm thinking, is uh, the mask policy of the local school district. But most of the people are either upset about that or critical race theory or some of these other stupid things, uh, gender education programs or transgender stuff or whatever. They're upset at these uh you know, at the school boards for letting this stuff happen. So I'm thinking the, the last thing in the world these people are are domestic terrorists. I mean, these are these are many times like homeroom moms, right? People who are focused on, I don't know, baking cookies for the class or taking, you know, going with the class on field trips, um, being involved in other activities within the classroom, within the school, within little league sports, whatever. These are these are parents who are just normal, average, everyday citizens who say, you know what, I don't want my kid being taught about critical race theory. You know what, I'm tired of my eight year old or ten year old or whatever being forced to wear a mask at school because we're playing one big game. This is they're upset about this, so they go to the school boards now. But let's just make a distinction here. The people who actually threaten an official need to be uh, face the consequences for that, right? There, this is you, you can't threaten people um, without, you know. I mean, there's there's certain what I want to say. There's certain regulations or, I guess, uh, rules that. If, if there's a viable threat, I mean, you, you can't do that. You can't threaten someone um, without having some sort of recourse. That is not the, the vast, 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 vast majority of this. The vast, vast, vast majority of this are people who are simply upset at what's being taught or in the case of critical race theory or what's being um, forced upon their children regarding, regarding these masks. But there's a problem with this um, because 
some people on Twitter. Here's one from Sean Davis. He actually, I mean, they, they've highlighted the letter, and you can read this sentence, and this is what it, the, So the fact checkers at AP said that the school boards association did not require or request that the Biden administration call these parents domestic terrorists. But let's read the letter directly. It says this, as these acts of malice, violence, and threats against public school officials have increased, the classification of these heinous actions could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. As such, NSBA requests a joint expedited review by the U.S. Department of Justice, that's Merrick Garland, Education and Homeland Security, along with the appropriate training, blah, blah, blah. But you get the point. So they quite literally, in their fact check, (laughs) it's remarkable. At first, we had a media that lied to us. Then... They knew that they weren't believable anymore, so they start having all these journalists become fact checkers. Well, it turns out the same liars that were in the media, when you call them fact checkers, are still liars. And now people are realizing that the fact checkers are trying to convince us and lie to us about the same exact things that they were trying to lie to us and convince us about when they were merely journalists. And it's the the same game continues. These folks are lying professional deceivers. The FBI, or excuse me, the Biden administration was requested by the School Board Association to consider these folks domestic terrorists. Now, again, it's all about the application. There is a difference between actual threats and simply voicing concerns, but you know where this leads. This is a slippery slope. We know how this is abused. We know how this is used to shield public officials from real accountability from their from the folks that vote for them. So, got to wrap up here. Quick time out back in just a minute. Perhaps the Biden administration will be less offended by what's happening at these school board meetings if the parents chased these school board members into the restroom. After all, as Biden said, as it pertains to the U.S. Senate, that's just part of the process. Just part of the process. So I guess memo to all parents out there who are upset at their school boards, I guess that is a safe space to go after the school board member is in the public restroom. Got to go. Have a great weekend. SDG. See you Monday. Take care.